Hey there, y'all. Welcome to Woo Woo Bible, the podcast where we ditch the dogma so we can connect to something greater than ourselves. My name is Dylan D. Money King. I'm a spiritual life coach, board-certified hypnotherapist, and lover of all things mystical, magical, and miraculous. Let's dive in. Hey there, y'all. If you're new here, well then, welcome. It's so good to have you here. And if you're coming back, well then, welcome back. It's so nice to connect with you again. Let me start today's episode by asking you, and you don't have to answer out loud. I can't hear you anyway, but if you do want to answer me, you can slide into my DMs That's or email me, but you know, you don't have to answer to your computer. Um, have you ever felt constricted by what you thought you should be doing or maybe what you should be feeling? That's what we're going to be talking about today as we take a look at Glennon Doyle's book, Untamed. Now, I'm not going to lie, this is one of my favorite books. I recommend it all the time, so it's not like the last book we looked at where I was really harsh, um, but... I, you know, I can't dislike every book. I'm a reader. Um, so Glennon Doyle describes this book as the stories of how I got caged and how I got free. So Glennon Doyle is a really beautiful storyteller. And like she notes in the opening of her book, it's a collection of short moments in her life that she weaves together to illustrate an overarching theme. So what we're going to do today is pinpoint three key phrases that she centers around and how you can take those pieces into your life. Before we dive into that, let me just tell you about this brand new free guide I just put out. I'm super excited about it. It's called the Intention Setting Guide for Your Personal Revolution. So this guide supports you in gaining clarity on your intentions and gives you creative techniques to invoke them all while honoring your humanity so that your revolution is incredibly personal. That guide's totally free and you can grab it with the link in the description. All right, so let's talk a little bit about Glennon's backstory. This is sort of what set up the premise for her releasing of Untamed and one of the key phrases that we're gonna talk about today. So Glennon um, is a Christian author, or at least um, she was. She kind of talks a little bit in the book about how she's not super sure if she identifies as a Christian anymore. Um, But she had already written a very successful book about her journey getting sober when she found out she was pregnant. Um, She now has one son and two daughters. Um, She then learns that her husband has been cheating on her throughout the course of their marriage, and she writes a second memoir about overcoming that. But the reality is that they haven't actually overcome that. So she has this very constructive narrative that she feels her husband keeps ruining. Don't we always have that, right? We make these plans for people, and they don't follow through. Come on, y'all. We know what you should be doing. Why aren't you doing it? We we know everything. Come on, get it together. Um, but as a writer, she has decided, I'm going to write the book that I think people want to read. I'm going to write the story that I think the way that the world should go. And I am going to push everybody around me to live that story. Of course, that doesn't work out. I mean, 
never works out. Um, so she has um, this section that is, it just, <laughs> it's funny, but it's not funny. Um, but she's describing to her therapist how she cannot even have sex with her husband, how she can't go dead enough inside to not feel completely disgusted, but she also can't rekindle the spark with him enough to feel any passion or feel alive. And her therapist, who must be phenomenal at their job, so great, tells her, you know what, Glennon, many women find that blowjobs are easier. That is very sound advice, you know? (laughs) Are you having a terrible marriage? Just give blowjobs. What a great... What a great therapist. Oh, Lord. So, deep, deep down, Glennon knows that not only is she not able to be in a relationship with her husband any longer, she actually loves women. Um, But she has already constructed this incredibly restrictive box for herself. Um, And she just kind of says to herself, huh, That's a weird thought that I have, maybe in another life, which I think there's a lot of things like that that we say to ourselves, well, maybe I would do that in another life. And some of those things are maybe unrealistic. You know, we can't do everything, um, but there are some things that we are intended to do. So what What life are we going to do it in? What life are we waiting for? So Glennon is scheduled to speak at a book event about this new book coming out. You know, the one all about how she fixed her marriage. And even though her husband was cheating, they're they're amazing. Yay them. Um, But it's not actually fixed. Um, And she's having this huge existential crisis. She's super uncomfortable. Um, Glennon is kind of an introvert that's definitely the vibe she there's like a whole section in the book about having a panic attack about answering the doorbell so you know this is not she does not want to be here um and then all of a sudden in through the doors walks a woman named abby and it's an immediate shift for glennon Her entire body resonates with the thought, there she is. At another therapist appointment, she tries to share with her therapist that she is in love with Abby. She is in love. She's discovering something different, more real, more true for herself. And this, seriously, this therapist is phenomenal. Um, Immediately shuts her down, calling it just a distraction that Glennon is making up so that she doesn't have to put the work into her marriage. I'm a big fan of this therapist. I am proud. I need her number so I can hire her because I, you know, I'm so distracted. Um, But Glennon knows that this is something special. Um, she just hasn't come to that point completely. She's still trying to work and process 
all of the things that come along with making such a huge life-changing decision. I think this is something that we have kind of talked about before um, that's so important. Some people, you know, this therapist on one end is like, no, Glennon, don't do anything. Don't even make any moves that are outside your little constrictive box. And then there are some people on the other end who are like, screw your box. Jump out of it right now without any preparation. And I think overall, Glennon does a really nice job of moving through her process of allowing herself time to feel her feelings and sit with everything that's happening because it is a massive life change. She has three children. She has this marriage. She has this whole career that she's built. Like it's a lot to process. And these people on either end of the spectrum giving her these information, being able to process and make that decision for herself, which is ultimately what Untamed is about. So when Glennon and Abby, spoiler alert, do finally end up together, Abby asks Glennon's mom for permission to propose to Glennon. Well, not, you know, for permission, but you know how it is. Um, Glennon's mom says, Abby, I have not seen my daughter this happy since she was 10 years old. Now, that's a super beautiful statement. But let's talk about the 10 years old. This is not an accident. This is not a coincidence. I want you to take a second and think about what was going on for you when you were 10 years old. 10 is an age when we start to internalize what it really means to be society's expectations of the good girl or the real boy. If you, if you think back on what was going on when you were 10, what comes up for you? Some of us might have already been hitting puberty. That's not entirely unusual. But a lot of us are starting to create the things that we will mimic, strive for, die for, potentially for the rest of our lives. And because we live so long in that world, it becomes increasingly difficult to remember what it was like beforehand. The quote-unquote rules that we adhere to just seem like they make sense even if they don't line up with what feels right. All of the things that we start to mimic and start to accept as a reality seem like they are true regardless of our internal knowing that it's not true which we'll talk a little bit more on later. So when we get older, if we notice these things that we internalized at all, which some of us don't, some of us never realize the things or we realize some of them and don't come up against the other ones. But as we get older, we have the opportunity to decide whether we want to keep them. A lot of people talk about this um, as unlearning and Glennon identifies it as becoming untamed. Um, which is a really beautiful way to describe it. So, you know, that's the whole theme, right? The wild. Um, she says seeing Abby made her remember her wild. 
It awoke something inside her that she hadn't been able to access before. I think for a lot of us on our spiritual journeys, there are things that push us to say, I cannot live in this box anymore. I have remembered something and it is not in here. All of this to introduce the first phrase, may we all live in communities where everyone's true self is both held and free. We cannot live in boxes, in cages, but once we allow our true selves out, we also need those places that are supportive and safe. There are so many moments where I have brought something to someone in a vulnerable state, so sure that they would kick me when I was down and they were only supportive. Not all spaces are like that. I've definitely had the opposite experience. So I want to encourage you to find those spaces, find those communities, find those people and set boundaries or cut off completely the people, communities and spaces who are not supporting you. The other piece of this, even finding your true self. Glennon calls this imagine. It's very childlike. And just like when we turn 10, we start to internalize society's rules. We begin to lose a little imagination. Part of Glennon's story resonates with me so much because she describes when she found out that her husband was cheating. She describes going on to Google to get other people's opinions. And I already, before she even writes it, I already knew what the answer she was going to get. One, leave him. Two, stay with him because God says so. I know this because when my husband was in the depths of his alcoholism, I was too afraid to make a decision for myself. I was desperate for someone to tell me what to do. And the answers were exactly the same. But those answers don't validate any emotions you are having or even give a consensus if you're just looking for hard data. So when we're talking about the true self, Glennon talks about imagine. And she asks such a simple question. What is the truest, most beautiful life you can imagine for yourself? None of the stories she shares when she talks about this are easy. The people struggle. They are in deep pain. But they were already in pain. The truest, most beautiful life is not easy. And it takes time. But the people, Glennon included, imagined what they wanted. They honored themselves and their part in it as opposed to blaming it on somebody or saying, oh, well, I'll just shut up and be grateful because my life isn't as bad as somebody else's. And when they were ready, that part is key. Like, seriously, that's my biggest gripe with a lot of things. This part is key that they were ready. They took action. I feel like What she describes in this when she's talking about the process of imagine, this is the real manifestation process. So many people want it to be like a quick and easy, like a, like any other fad thing. Um, But it's, it's not. 
manifestation is a healing process. It's not a uh, Amazon delivery service. It's easy to describe it that way, especially if you want to sell something to somebody because you're a manifestation coach and you want them to buy your product. So good for you. But that's not what manifestation is. It's a healing process. And what what Glennon describes here in her concept of imagine is much, much closer to what manifestation looks like. So let's talk about the next phrase. We can do hard things. This phrase is so important to Glennon that it's even the name of her podcast. So after you're done listening to this, that's after, not before, don't cut away now, after you're done listening to this podcast. You can go check hers out, see if you like it. Um, On her sobriety journey, she saw this phrase on a poster in her friend's classroom. And she had this realization that this whole time she had been thinking, life is hard because I'm doing it wrong. I've taken a wrong turn somewhere. I've screwed up. And now life is hard. I should have been happy this entire time. But now I have all these bad feelings. Oh, wow, Dylan, we're talking about manifestation and high vibes only again. Man, maybe Glennon should be a manifestation coach instead of a Christian writer. She's talking about the same themes. (laughs) Um, But life is hard because we are human. And if it's hard... You're just doing it right. We have to sit in the heart, in the ache, in the feeling. This reminds me a lot of um, Brene Brown, who Brene Brown kind of has a very similar writing style and even a a similar speaking style to Glennon Doyle, um, except Glennon is very strictly story based because she is a storyteller. That's very much how I would describe her. Um, Whereas Brene is a researcher first and then shifts her research into story to make it more accessible to people. But Brene says, when we numb our pain, we also numb our joy. And so Glennon is talking about we can do hard things and it is deeply important that we feel it all. And she has a few points to this. One, if you've ever heard the story of the burning bush from the Bible, it just burns and burns and burns. It never burns up. So we too can sit with our emotions, with our pain, and allow them to move through us. We will not burn up. Two, pain is transformative. I know that may feel like cliche. We don't want to say, oh, well, it's just a part of God's plan or just be grateful. But that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about how experiencing our pain, engaging with our emotions rather than denying them or trying to escape them supports us in becoming the next version of ourselves. Three, consuming in all forms, alcohol, drugs, TV, shopping. It's all numbing. The world is constantly saying, buy this, do this. It will fix you. You're not happy. You're broken. So just buy this cream, do this thing. You'll be fixed in zero days. 
We have to feel the feels. We can't just numb it. Like I said before, Brene Brown, you numb our pain. We also numb our joy. Four, we will never know what's next, but we can know what comes next. So we can learn from our past experiences to get better at handling and processing what new things presents itself to us today. Five, we'll need every bit of today's lessons to face tomorrow. So honey, you better not check out today because you're going to need whatever you learned today to get through tomorrow. And finally, once again, feel it all. Very important. We can do hard things. That's we, all of us, together. Not me, not you, not Glennon. We. Okay, let's talk about the final phrase and how Glennon discovered it, because I love this story. So we talked earlier about how Glennon had been Googling what to do about her cheating husband, how she was looking for her therapist to confirm her desire to leave her husband for Abby. She was all sorts of turned upside down. And a friend sent her a card that simply said, be still and know. And suddenly she asked herself, why do I trust everyone else? over myself. So every day after the kids left for school, she started sitting and trying to meditate for 10 minutes. At first she was really struggling because seriously, it's hard at first. It's super difficult. Um, And this is so key, y'all. Glennon is pretty clear that none of these pieces are easy or immediate changes. Um, It's Nothing's super fast or super simple. It's change. Eventually, she started to sense a nudge. So she describes this nudge as feeling like a warm, liquid gold. And she realizes that deep down inside of her lives God. So she starts acknowledging the nudges towards the next right thing, which leads her towards knowing what to do next. Glennon feels that her nudges come from God, often calling it her knowing, um, but she says it really doesn't matter what you call it. it. It's much less important to come up with a name for it than to figure out how to connect with it. By far, though, my favorite part in the entirety of Untamed is a description of Glennon talking to her wife, Abby, when they go to a speaking event at a church. So Abby shares that she is really uncomfortable because of all the anti-gay rhetoric she experienced as a child that eventually caused her to choose either her mom, the church, and God, or herself. So she chose herself. 
And Glennon stops and says, Abby, you didn't choose yourself instead of the church and God. You chose yourself and God. You did it to protect God in you. You remained whole instead of letting them dismember you. You held on to who you were born to be instead of contorting yourself into who they told you to be. You stayed true to yourself instead of abandoning yourself. You thought that decision made you bad, but that decision made you holy. There are so many beautiful pieces in here about parenting, which uh, even if you're not a parent, are supportive in processing your own experiences and reparenting yourself. There's some great stuff about um, anti-racism, relatable stories, and a few more useful tips. But overall, I think it's a good thought-provoking book, if a little scatterbrained. Um, that may or may not make you a little weepy at some points and push you to ask yourself, what is my truest, most beautiful life? I'm going to give it 4.5 out of 5 stars and 50 Pinterestable quotes. So tell me, y'all, have you read this book before? What was your favorite part? Or if you haven't read it, are you going to read it? Slide up into my DMs over on IG. My handle over there is at Queen of Grit. If you're enjoying this podcast, then please like, subscribe, rate, share it with your friends, share it with your enemies, turn them into better people. And if you're looking for more support on breaking out of your cage, like Glennon Doyle writes about, you can check out my one-on-one coaching program, Selfish. It's a trauma-informed, highly personalized coaching container for folks who want to break up with codependency, shatter the people-pleasing pattern, and redefine who they are. If you'd like more info on that, I'll drop the link for you in the description. That is everything, y'all. I hope you have a wonderful day, a beautiful week, and remember, until next time, stay mystical, note the magical, and embrace the miracles. Bye.